Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Bucketheads, Lane Grant Holyland's college basketball podcast. And apparently, the final line of defense between the Twitter Warriors sticking Chris Holtman on a one way flight to Antarctica, Justin, has been beefing with anybody you can find on Twitter lately. I believe this is episode 29, and I'm joined by my co-host Justin Golba as we inch closer and closer to the postseason and the big dance. Yeah, I love I love college basketball because you can tweet out that you think Chris Holman's a good coach and wake up to 60 notifications on your Twitter account because apparently some people just don't agree with that. Is that how many were on there? It was 60 at one point? That was just when I woke up, and I tweeted that out yesterday at 11 a.m. At one point, I think yesterday I engaged with like a couple thousand people. That's really like it was just our our tweets and stuff. Engaged with a couple thousand people. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll plug the uh, we'll plug. Yeah, it and this, it's it, look hey, look it's fun. It's I like the discourse. I try to keep it as civil as possible. Other people don't, but I just ignore those people. And if you got a good point that you're trying to be positive with, I'm down. You know, unfortunately, I got a lot more time on my hands right now, so I, I can do it. We'll uh, we'll plug the Twitter again at the end, but it is it's at Bucketheads LGHL. Full disclosure, I mean, we both have the password, but I think I've tweeted from it maybe like five times total. For the most part, it's just been Justin. But um, you guys want to follow on there. Um, we, we're mostly Justin, but we're tweeting out stuff throughout the games and in between games and stuff. Um, and that one tweet really popped off and it like it wasn't even pumped up by the main account or anything that was just that one just caught but uh yeah there's a, it, it just seems to be a disagreement on like what the what the general uh, expectations 
like of a program should be, which we talked about like you know weeks ago. Yeah, we don't need to get into that again because we have. I tried to plug the episode that we did on that, um, and yeah, I think like I said, it's just expectations. But you know, people, I think at this point, it's kind of like you're not going to change too many people's minds. You know what I mean? People have their minds made up. The only thing that could probably change people's minds. And what I was trying to kind of tell every single person to comment to me was like, just let the season finish. We're not, the season is not over yet. So yeah, let it play um, out. Before we get to like, before we get on like the Ohio state train completely for the rest of this episode, I think it'd be a kind of a good time to pause, kind of go through the big 10 standings maybe do a little like buy sell like stock market buy sell on every single team um you know like which has more to do with the direction that that team is moving versus maybe where they are in the standings right now um or maybe has everything to do with the standings i don't know it's kind of up to you to interpret it but um like run through them real quick and then you can kind of we can kind of both say like are you buying this team are you selling this team basically are, are you a believer in where this team's at right now and where they're headed? I know there's only a couple of games left. So to start, uh, Purdue, I will be brave here. I, I'm <laughs> buying the Boilermakers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm buying for everything about Purdue. I think they're a national title contender. They can't They can't play Legit- defense, legitimately. but yeah, it they can't matter. Play, yeah. yeah, no, defense. This would be the ultimate, if Purdue actually runs through the tournament, this would be the ultimate shot in the head of defense wins championships. I think there's a stat that they brought up last year about Ohio State, which now Purdue's kind of in the same spot. It was like a team has never made the final four that has been like, I think outside of like the top, like 80 in Ken Palm's adjusted defense. And I'm pretty sure last time I checked Purdue was like 120, like they're like like in the hundred and somethings. I have to look. But I don't think a team that has that poor defense actually has ever made the Final Four. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to play defense at some point. You figure at this at, at where we're standing right now, you can start to get a good gauge of pretty much exactly where teams are going to fall. For example, I think Ohio State's pretty much set into a four or five seed, maybe a six seed. Purdue is pretty much set into, you know, that one, two, at absolute worst, a three seed. But I don't think they'll go anywhere from there. Um, but if they run into you know, a Gonzaga or an Arizona a team that averages in the high 80s of points per game, they're going to have to play a little bit defense. But, you know, when you have that that three-headed monster, and I, I said this during the Ohio State game, and I think this is very – because I thought this is where it happened a little bit. They need to make sure they don't turn into only a big three. They have a big three. But they need production from Sasha Stavanovich, Eric Hunter Jr., Brand. You know, when those guys are giving them production, they're almost impossible to beat. Um, so they need that. Wisconsin is in second place. I actually picked them to finish 12th before the season started, but I will buy the Wisconsin Badgers as a second place team because they have pretty much three winnable games left and then also a game against Purdue. So, I mean, it's very possible they could win three out of four and they would end the season with, uh, it would be five conference losses, 15 and five. So I'll buy the Badgers at that spot. So we're buying or selling their current, where they currently are in the standings to where they're finished? Uh, that's the way that I interpret it, yes. Like, okay. the way that the teams are moving, like, I would say, like, if you think that Wisconsin's going to lose games and, like, they're actually going to finish worse, like, they're not actually as good as they look right now, then I would say, in that situation, you'd say sell. If you think they're okay. about as good as what you're seeing right now, like, it's not false goods, I would say buy. I'll say sell then, only because I think Illinois is the second-best team in the conference, and I think they'll finish second in the conference after the Ohio State game. 
their schedule gets pretty light too. Um, and I'm just, you know, this team, like Johnny Davis can really put them on their back, but when they're not getting something from Tyler Wall or Brad, or Brad Davison, you know, I, I'll sing Chucky Hepburn's praises to the moon, but he's not really their scoring option right now, which is fine. Um, but they need more than just Johnny Davis, I think, coming into the home stretch. And so I'll say sell, not because I don't think – I still think they can win a couple games in the tournament and be a legitimate probably lead eight team. But for now, as the second-best team in the conference, I'll say sell. Illinois is in third. I think they're tied with Wisconsin, so I should be tied for second. Um, if they're not tied for second, it's like a half-game difference. Um, I, again, I will be brave. I will buy Illinois. I think they're probably the second best team in the conference. So they're up in third place right now. Um, or I guess they are tied in second place. I'll, I'll buy them. That's a good spot for them. I don't know if they'll beat Purdue, but they are very good. Yeah, I kind of just gave away my one of the last one. But yeah, I'm buying Illinois. I think they're, I think they are trending in the right direction at the right time. Trent Frazier coming back, I think, ended up being maybe the biggest thing to happen to a program in college basketball. Like one player returning to a team, uh, especially with Andre Corbello, just being hurt and not playing up to the level that they expected. Again, not his fault. He's hurt. But still, uh, they would really be lacking right now at that point guard position if Trent Frazier didn't come back. So definitely selling or God, definitely buying them. And I think that um, they're going to be a team that I, I really put some faith into, into into the tournament. Ohio State is fourth. They're 10 and five. So they're in possession of the double buy in the Big Ten tournament for the end of today. I also will buy technically you could just I could just buy the whole everything if I think that everything looks good. I'll buy the Buckeyes too. I think it's a good spot for them. I don't think that um I think they'll lose at least one more game, so they're not gonna like creep up to like first or second. Um, but I think they'll finish, like you said, in the four or five range. I think they'll probably get a double buy. So I will um I'll I'll buy into the Buckeyes at where they're at. Yeah, I think Ohio State has kind of solidified themselves in like this weird second tier that nobody else is in. I think right now the first tier is like Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois. And then I think they're kind of in this second tier by themselves, maybe with like Indiana or Michigan State or Rutgers, but uh, maybe Rutgers right now just because they're trending so hot. But yeah, I'm going to buy them just in the fourth place. I think they'll finish four and one. I do think they'll finish strong uh, three and two at the worst. And I, even if they finish three and two, I think they'll get that first, that, that, that double buy, which is huge and finish fourth in the conference. So I'll say bye for now. Uh, a shocker i don't think it was a shocker for a lot of like for some people i think i picked Rutgers to finish like somewhere between six and eight in the conference Rutgers is in fifth place right now right behind ohio state i will sell on Rutgers um for two reasons they have a couple games here towards the end that i think they're going to lose i don't know if they'll win at michigan i don't know if they'll win at indiana and then also the conference tournament and the ncaa tournament they are not played in new jersey so i think i'm going to sell Rutgers because their days playing at the rack down like for the rest of the year here are limited. Yeah, I'm going to sell them for the same exact reason. I think I'd com- I would pick them to beat Gonzaga at home, but I would pick them to lose to anybody on the road. I mean, they're just that's it's just kind of how they are. Um, they really dug themselves a hole in November and they're trying to climb themselves out of it and they're doing a good job, but and they've probably turned themselves into a tournament team, but I, I'm not going to. I don't think they're the fifth best team in the conference right now. They have some bad losses too. That like, even if they ended up finishing, they have the the weirdest resume in college basketball by far. If they ended up losing like a couple games here, and like I I don't know, I'm trying to say here, Rutgers could finish fifth in the Big Ten, and they could get like a nine seed in the tournament. People are going to be like, "What the fuck?" And then you're going to look at me like, "Oh, they lost to these really bad teams." Because like the committee 
even though like people are going to have recency bias and forget that, like the committee that seeds the teams are not going to forget that. Like Michigan state and Iowa could both be seated ahead of Rutgers who might finish ahead of them in the conference. Cause they lost some really bad games early. Um, six places, Michigan state. I'm definitely selling Michigan state. I'm selling all my Michigan state stock. They lost four of the last five games and their last five games are at Iowa which I think is, which is actually, we're recording right now. It's Tuesday night. They're playing at Iowa tonight. I think the Iowa wins that game. Then Michigan State plays at home against Purdue, on the road at Michigan, on the road at Ohio State, and then they come home to play Maryland. So I will sell all of my Michigan State stock. Yeah, Michigan State's a weird one because it's it's around the time they start getting really good every year. But And they had a chance against Illinois. You know, they got Tyson Walker went nuclear and they had a chance to beat them. But the fact of the matter is Tyson Walker went nuclear and they still couldn't beat Illinois at home. So it's just not a team that right now is playing well. They're not getting enough production from the, their seniors. And um, that is always scary when you get into March. So, yeah, I'm going to sell. I think they got a lot of work to do if they want to do anything. But at this point, be a, a one a, a one and done in the tournament. Uh, behind, Michigan, really. yeah, behind Michigan State is Iowa, who – Clearly, we just saw them play Ohio State very well. They have a very good offense, and their defense, I guess you could argue that maybe it was Ohio State's inability to score more than Iowa stopping them, but their offense is very good. They have a potential national player of the year candidate. Um, I'll, I'll buy the Hawkeyes because also all of the like supporting analytics and numbers and things all love the Hawkeyes, which infers that they're a better team than their record so I'll, I'll buy iowa yeah and i think Iowa's another team that i'll buy them as well just because they're finishing schedule like you said they play michigan state tonight as we're recording we'll see what happens there then they play nebraska northwestern and michigan and then they play illinois so like that's not the hard that's if you want a finishing stretch that's not a bad one um they're playing good ball at the right time you know a lot of people like i said they'll criticize that the offense for Ohio state and that's fine um but you know, I would. I mean, they they're playing good basketball. They except for the Michigan loss um, on the seventeenth, they've won every game this month. So, you know, they're playing good ball at the right time. They got a great offense, and I think I think the biggest thing about them is it's, it's a smart basketball team. And Ohio State saw that a couple times. Very smart basketball team, and um, yeah, I'll buy, I'll buy Iowa right now. Behind Iowa is Michigan, the Michigan Fight Club, as some are calling it. Um, selling everything i'm selling both michigan teams um i'm sure everybody's already seen it but against wisconsin there was a little little dust up little scuffle in the handshake line um greg guard i think kind of grabbed juan howard to clarify why he took a timeout and juan howard was basically like dude fuck off me i'm not talking to you and greg guard held his arm like no man i want to talk to you real quick and then it got escalated and wisconsin assistant coach was yelling and then the news calls it a punch because they want the clicks, but it was more like an open hand slap upside the head of an assistant coach. And, um, but Juwan Howard's out for the rest of the regular season and Michigan's schedule without him is not easy. They are playing Rutgers at home, Illinois at home, Michigan state at home, Iowa at home, which home games, but good teams. And then they go to Ohio state all without Juwan Howard. So, sell. So. yeah, um, I'll sell them. But I do think the Juwan, the no Juwan Howard thing might be a little bit overhyped. Uh, they only lost any of their players for a game. They lost Terrence Williams, who just doesn't really play that much for a game. And they lost Musa Diabate, Diabate for a game, which was pretty lucky because he went in there swinging. Um, so the fact they only lost him for a game. I mean, Phil Martelli has been a head coach for 30 years. 
you know, this is a guy who knows what he's doing. Um, and he's going to be their head coach for the next five games. So I'll, I'll sell him for now, but I wouldn't be surprised because they are playing some decent basketball right now. They just beat Iowa. You know, I think they should have probably beat Ohio State just for some missed opportunities. Um, they looked bad against Wisconsin, but that was more of just Johnny Davis taking over in the second half. You know, I think it's just um, I, I'll sell them, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won a couple games late. Indiana, um, Indiana is below Michigan. They're seven and nine in conference play. Um, I'll actually buy the Hoosiers just because the eye test, what I've seen from them and their defense, I think they're a really good defensive team. And I think they have a couple of really good individual players in their final four games are Maryland, Minnesota, home against Rutgers, and at Purdue. So I think they'll lose to Purdue. But I think if they win three of those four games and finish 10-10, and 10, um, I think they have a good shot to make the tournament. So I think I don't think they're great, but compared to how they're doing right now, I think they're going to get better. I think So I'll buy, I'll buy Indiana. Yeah, I'm buying Indiana too. I liked how they looked last night against Ohio State. I thought there was a couple of times Ohio State could have put them away, but Indiana kind of just fought back into it. Um and they have the best front court in the conference, which always helps with Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson. They need more production from the guards. You know, Xavier Johnson at 16, but 10 of those are from the line. Um, you know, hopefully they'll get Rob Finnessy back soon. That That's a big key piece for them. I'll, I'll, I'll buy Indy. I like Indiana. I like, I like the way they're playing, I think. And like you said, sometimes it just is about schedule. And I don't think their schedule is that tough to finish. So um, I, I could see them very much going 3-1 and, and winning a couple of games in the tournament as well conference tournament penn state is next uh you're kind of getting we're kind of getting down to the scraping yeah. scraping the bottom here i might just sell I'll, all these teams. i'll sell yeah we're just gonna sell it no i'm gonna sell penn state they have uh they play two pretty easy games coming up they play northwestern at home and nebraska at home which i think they're gonna win both of those that'll make them eight and ten in conference play which is respectable but then they go to illinois to Rutgers. so i think that's a loss to finish season and then another loss so I'll sell Penn State. I don't think that they're like to make the tournament. They're going to have to win out, and even then, it's it's questionable. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, no. I mean, they're not going to make the tournament. They'll probably go two and two to finish, like you said. That seems like a very easy bet to make, especially because Northwestern, Nebraska are at home, Illinois records are at the, on the road. So, um, I mean, I'll probably I I'll buy their current position just because I don't think they're really going to go up or down if they go two and two. But is, I'm not expecting them to do anything crazy. Um, the team below Penn State is Maryland. Sell uh, Maryland. We saw them play Ohio State, and like Danny Manning is seems like a nice guy, but he's out the door. It doesn't seem like the players are like none of the players are really buying in or even like really care anymore from what I have seen watching them. So just yeah, sell Maryland. I'll I'll push back on that a little bit because I did watch the the Purdue game. They wanted that. They were fighting. They were playing without arguably the best player in Eric Ayala, or at least maybe the most important. And, I mean, they were there until the final buzzer against Purdue, literally. Um, and it took a controversial call to end it. So I, I'm not going to, like, sell them or anything. But I will say that I, I think that, you know, they just beat Penn State. They just killed Nebraska. The problem with Maryland is their finishing games are at Indiana. And they play Ohio State. Um, and then they go at home against Minnesota, which they should win, but then at Michigan State. So, I'll sell them just because they got kind of a harder schedule to finish. But I like the current trajectory they're on. Since the Iowa game, they got murdered by Ohio State and then Iowa back-to-back. Since then, it seems like they've kind of woken up a little bit. But I'll, I'll still probably sell them. Northwestern is next. I will buy the Wildcats in the sense that I think they're going to jump 
a little bit in the Big Ten standings before the end of the season because they have a pretty easy end of the schedule. Um, but at max, they're going to end up with like eight conference wins. So still like not good. But I'll 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 buy Wildcat stock right now because I think you would get a return on it in a few weeks. Yeah, I'm selling everything about Northwestern. This team can't figure out any way to win. They lose a game every week in a different fashion, a different way, a different spectacular finish to a. If Ohio State fans think Ohio State can't finish, turn on Northwestern. Watch some Northwestern this year because this team is unbelievably bad in the last 90 seconds of games. So I, I, if I can't trust you to win a game in the, in the last 90 seconds, I can't buy you. So, so. Like the Minnesota Vikings of uh, the Big Ten. I mean, it's just terrible. Speaking of Minnesota Vikings, the Minnesota Golden Gophers are the 13th place team. And I'm, I guess I can pull up their schedule and see if they have like four winnable games where I could possibly buy them. But I don't think that's even possible when you're this bad. So they are on. They are home against Wisconsin, home against Indiana, at Maryland, at Northwestern. You know, I'll sell. I'll sell Minnesota. But hey, four conference wins in his first year is four more than I thought that Ben Johnson was going to. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think they'd go completely winless. I thought maybe they'd get one or two. Ben Johnson's done a good job with that team. They'll be interesting next year. Uh, but just you know, I'll save the suspension. I think Minnesota will finish thirteenth, and Nebraska will finish fourteenth. So that's whatever you want to say. That's buy or sell. It's, that's how it's going to finish. And then uh, Nebraska, yeah, there's there's nothing to buy about Nebraska. It's like year whatever four for Hoiberg, and they're going to end up winning like one conference game in year four. So, yeah, so I mean Hoiberg's Hoiberg's gone. They don't know what's going on there. It's it's a absolute train wreck. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So we, that was all our buy and sell. We have the the Big Ten Network tweeted out a graphic of the tournament bracket if the season ended today, and right now it would be Ohio State as the four. They would get the double buy. They're hanging out of the four seed. They would play the winner of Rutgers and whoever wins the Minnesota Northwestern game. So you have Ohio State would be in line to play like Minnesota would play Northwestern. The winner of that game would play Rutgers. Then the winner of that game would play Ohio State in Indianapolis. Ohio State would be on Purdue's side of the bracket, though. Yeah, I, I would like a matchup against Rutgers. I mean, they they took on Rutgers at Rutgers, where they they are forty one and eight. In the last 49 at the rack and they were playing as good as ball they've ever played and if they would have just got a bucket in the last two minutes they would have beat them so um i i think they match up well against Rutgers. um they'd have to play purdue again but i would like i would like to see this team against purdue again to be very honest i think like i said it, they they played a very underwhelming first half and a very overwhelming second half against purdue so it'd be interesting to see if they just didn't get off to such a slow start and didn't have to just completely tear their way back into the game what that game could be like on a neutral floor it's always fun to play a team that's probably more talented than you on a neutral floor because anything's possible so yeah that would be a a, i think that'd be a fun kind of Rutgers and purdue back to back um i think i think that's i think 
there are probably six teams that can win the Big Ten tournament. So it'll be interesting to it'll be a fun fun week, and I think Ohio State's one of them. And I mean, Ohio State they beat the top seeded team in the tournament in the Big Ten tournament last year. They beat uh, they beat Michigan in the semis to advance to the uh, championship game. It's Illinois, and actually Michigan was the top seeded team in that tournament, which sometimes people forget because Illinois was definitely the team that was hot rolling into that tournament last year. Um, speaking of Illinois. Buckeyes have a big one against the Fighting Illini on Thursday, which when this podcast episode comes out will be today. Um, Illinois, they are hanging on to their Big Ten title hopes. They do not control their own destiny, I don't believe. They've already played Purdue twice, so they cannot hand Purdue their fifth loss. If the Boilermakers went out, Illinois can't win the the title. So Illinois doesn't have any room for error. If they lose to the Buckeyes, um, they are most likely out of the hunt. Yeah. does, so Purdue holds the tiebreaker over them. Purdue has beat them twice. I'm pretty sure, and they don't play again. So yeah. okay, I just want to make sure. I couldn't remember how their second. Oh right, right. Their second game, Purdue kind of ran them off the building, and the first one was that nice double overtime game. I just couldn't remember how it went. Okay, yeah. yeah so um, and, they don't, and there's no tie. Big Ten would do a shared title anyways if they tied. That's what the Big Ten's always done. Um, but. I was kind of saying like <laughs> I was kind of saying like if they had another game coming down the line that would be fun but there's not so no, you know yeah, all Illinois can do is play and hope that Purdue loses yeah um, yeah Illinois is just a nightmare matchup for Iowa State they're kind of a nightmare matchup for everybody if they're playing their best ball because of Kofi Coburn and because of the shooters they could put around him with you know Alfonso Alfonso Plummer was such a great pickup for them he came from Utah um, he transferred into Illinois this year. It'd be interesting to see like what this team would be because they lost. You know, Ayo Desumu was one of the best players, not just in the conference in the country last year, um, and they lost him. And they haven't really missed too much of a step. To be very honest with you, I mean, you have Alfonso Plummer who shoots thirty nine percent from three. Trent Frazier shoots thirty five percent from three, but can get scorching hot at any moment. You have Jacob Grandison who's been a great, great player for them this year, shooting forty two percent from three and absolutely lit Michigan State to shit with the three. So um, when you have a guy like Kofi Coburn and he, it's, it's hard, I mean, he's averaging 22 and 12 or uh, 22 and 11, you know, he's a tough guy to stop obviously, but then when he can, you know, kick the ball out and kind of make life a little bit difficult on, you know, defenses, Demonte Williams is kind of your do everything. RJ Melendez has been a freshman that, that they're really high on uh, that's been kind of stepped into a, a nice role for them and has played some good minutes coming down the stretch. And then, that's without even mentioning Andre Corbello, who's probably the second best player on the team talent-wise. He's just been hurt, and he hasn't really – he had COVID. Like, he hasn't been able to catch a break. So, But he's, he can still insert him and still play 15, 20 minutes a game and get you 10, you know, 10 and 5. So this is a really, really good team. Your best hope is kind of like Ohio State played Michigan, is just, you know, let Kofi Coburn get his down low, let him get his 20 and 10, his 22 and 11, whatever it is really, really force them to – they don't shoot the three at the highest rate. It's only fifth in the Big Ten. Ohio State actually shoots it better than them, but they've made the second most threes. So they just shoot it a lot. Um, so, you know, if you can try to s- slow them down from the perimeter – I mean, they've lost some some very winnable games, so they're beatable. I don't think Kofi Coburn is the most talented player in the world. I think he's just huge, you know. Um, but, he, I mean, a lot of times he just – you can get him in foul trouble early. He does this thing where he swings his elbow out on offense. I don't know why guys don't really flop because I think you get one or two charges from him there. But regardless, um, 
you know, he's a good player, obviously. The great player, national player of the year candidate. So, you know, but they are 19-7. This team's lost seven games. You know, Marquette beat this team. Cincinnati beat this team by 20. Okay, I believe Kofi Comer didn't play in that game, but still. Um, you know, there are there are ways to beat this team. I think if you're Ohio State, you you, you got to put the ball in the basket better than you've been doing recently. For some reason, this offense over the past three games has been pretty tough. Um, going back to Michigan, and the good part is over those three games, they've won two games, so they're learning to win without a great offense. But if they score sixty five, you know, against Illinois, it's going to be a wrap. So they got to figure out the offensive issues first. Um, I, I mean, Liddell has historically played really, really, really well against Illinois. Yeah. He had a very good game. His, his, yeah, exactly. The hometown kid. They, they pushed really, really hard. Illinois did to get him to go to Illinois. Just imagine if he went to Illinois. Just stop wow. for a second and think. What if yeah. they had Kofi Coburn, EJ Liddell, Andre Curbelo, and Trent Frazier on the same team? Uh, this would be a tougher podcast. Yeah, we we would. Have definitely have this, had this would be a pre- this wouldn't be a, this wouldn't be a preview. This would be a Ohio State plays Illinois Thursday. So who do they play next? Anyway, yeah, who's it? Yeah, exactly. Um, he's played very well against Illinois historically. Um, for whatever reason, if it's you know, I want to. It's not like hurt feelings that they didn't they didn't recruit him because they tried really hard to get him to recruit. He's just he's just played really really well against Illinois. Um, he'll be a tough he'll be a tough matchup for Illinois too. Because um, he doesn't play the five anymore, so it's not going to be Kofi handling him. It's going to be, um, man, so just just saying it out loud is like, who would guard EJ Liddell if it's not Kofi? Because Illinois does kind of run, maybe Grandison, maybe Jake Grandison. It'll be Grandison. I, I think Coleman Hawkins will play a, a decent role for them in this one because he's kind of that, he can play with Kofi Coburn. He's not the most talented dude in the world, but he can play with Kofi. Um so I, th- I think it'll probably be a little bit of Coleman Hawkins. And also, like I said, DeMonte Williams is kind of like a like a David Lighty, just without the maybe not as good as offense. But he can guard pretty much five positions. I'm pretty sure that DeMonte Williams led the Big Ten in three-point shooting last season. He and did. this year, he's like averaging like four points per game. He's still playing 30 minutes per game. Um, but yeah, he's, he'll get, he'll, not, he's that guy that gets you like seven, six, and seven, you know, kind of He's game. shooting uh, – this season, he's shooting 28% overall. Yeah. Yeah, he's not having his best offensive uh, so, go at. E- e- EJ will will be a tough matchup for them because I don't know if they have a single guy that's going to really be able to guard him very well. I could be wrong. Illinois collectively is a very good defensive team, uh, which I didn't really realize until I was just looking at the rankings. They're like a top 25 defense all of a sudden. But they're yeah, going to need EJ to have a big game. I don't know if Andre Corbello is healthy right now or it kind of seems like he's been like playing in every game but playing like – 15 20 minutes every game um that's going to be a big one too with malachi playing very well lately um if if curbello is able to go or not so i definitely feel like they have a better chance of beating illinois on the road than they do beating purdue on the road um but some things they're gonna need they're gonna need some dominoes to kind of fall their way for sure yeah and i think another thing when it comes to this illinois team is jamari wheeler cannot get into he can't have two fouls in three minutes again because they're going to need him on the floor. They're going to need him playing against Trent Frazier because Trent Frazier is going to play. He he is one of the smartest players in college basketball. He doesn't put himself in bad positions. He plays 35 minutes a game. Um, you know, he just, he, he's just, he has a assist turnover ratio is like 2.2. 2, um, so 2.2 assists to every one turnover. So he's a very, very 
solid contributor for them. Uh, and they need Jamari Wheeler on the floor. I, I personally believe we will see Jimmy Soto's back in the rotation for this game. I think they're just going to – Illinois is just very guard-heavy outside of Kofi Coburn, and they're going to need guards to play, whether it's Eugene Brown, whether it's you know Malachi. or If Malachi Branham over the last two games has played 35 minutes and 40 minutes, like that's not sustainable coming into the tournament at all. You don't want that to be sustainable coming into the tournament. So – I think we're going to see Jimmy Soto's a little more. Uh, Cedric Russell, I don't really know what the issue was against Indiana. I don't know why he only played nine minutes. His minutes have been trending upwards. Maybe it was just a game flow kind of thing. I don't know if he made a couple mistakes on defense that I missed that Holtman didn't like. I I have no idea, but he only played nine minutes against Indiana. Um, Feels like that number will probably be higher against Illinois. So. We'll see. It, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see. The good part about Kofi Coburn is when he's he's great on offense, he's got a guard too. Um, so when you have those lineups of like Liddell and Young and Ohio State needs to work on their spacing, but when they can space the ball out and put five guys on the floor that can shoot, you force Kofi Coburn to play some defense outside of the paint and he just simply can't do it. So that's where you can take advantage of that opportunity. I think this is another game too. This is one of those – it's hard to say at this point because he's playing like eight minutes a game, but Justin Arns, if he can get hot, hit a couple threes, again, just any way to space this Illinois defense out would be great. And I think Arns is a guy that can do that. It's just we're, – we're getting to the point to where it's like, is he ever going to come out of the slump, you know? That's a that's a good point about kind of Kofi on defense. That It could be – I don't think he would start – I don't think Holman would start Kyle Young over Zed Key – but it could be really interesting because this last game, Zedke only played 18 minutes against Indiana. He picked up a few fouls that kind of limited his time, but Kyle Young played pretty solid, and I forget how many total minutes he played. But if you roll a lineup out there at any point that has Kyle Young as the five, who Kyle Young will move around the perimeter, he'll come back down low, You're all of a sudden you're making Kofi try to rotate up top, do they – do they tell Kofi to go ahead and rotate up top to guard Kyle Young, or would Underwood just call and be like, "All right, we're changing to it. We're we're going to like a two-three zone if if they're not going to have Key out there." So like that could kind of maybe throw a wrench into Illinois' plans if if Holtman plays Kyle Young more than Zed Key if he plays a center that moves around. Something to think yeah. about. Yeah, I think right now your only goal for Ohio State is this is a good barometer game, right? If you lose it, you lose it, okay? I'm not going to sit here and say this game's already over because it's absolutely not. This is a game they can win. But if you do lose it, you lose it, you know? Just keep it close. See where you are. Illinois is a top, in my opinion, 10 team in the country. Um, so, you know, you're on there. there. It's a tough place to go play. You know, the fans are right in one of the places. The fans are right on you. So just go out there, play your best game. If they have any goals over the next two weeks outside of obviously winning games, it's finding a third score because this whole EJ Liddell, Malachi Branham combining for 50 points every game, it's not going to work in the tournament. These it's, a guys are, it's a lot of fun though. It's oh, it's it, well, it's fun until Malachi Branham says deuces and he's the 27th pick in the draft. But um, at this rate, yeah, that's what we need to <laughs> pull back in the reins a little bit on that. But um, you know, whether it's Jamari Wheeler who can, I mean, Jamari Wheeler is still a 37 percent three point shooter. You know, he's 20, 25 for 69 on the year. That's not, that's a fairly big sample size. I mean, he's taking more threes than Malachi Branham has, you know? So he's a guy that can shoot. Again, you still have Cedric Russell, who is probably the best outside of, again, outside of Malachi Branham and E.J. Liddell. Russell is their best guy that can create his own shot. Um, 
So, you know, maybe Michi is that guy. Michi looks a little uncomfortable out there right now. I think he's just hurt, to be honest. I think he's just fighting through injuries at this point. And, I mean, thank you to, for, for that. But it's just, it seems like he's, he just looked, I mean, like there was a one, even one time he was up and down the court. He just looked like he was in a little bit of pain. And I know Holtman said today that the mask has been kind of bothering him. And I believe it. It's huge. Like, it's it's a very weird construct. It looks kind of cool, but it's a very weird construct. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to get some other offense going. When Kyle Young was shooting the ball well, that was helpful. But he can't he he can't hit the he can't hit the ocean from a boat right now. So um, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be. Eugene Brown looked good in the first half against Indiana. Then he kind of fizzled. Um, you know, Zed Key can still give you ten any ten or fifteen any night. He's he's going to struggle in those games. Like Indiana is just a terrible matchup for Zed Key with Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis. He's just trying to do too much. Um, this might be a game with just Kofi where he can maybe settle down. When he, when he plays just one good center, he plays fine. Played fine against, you know, Duke, against Mar- against Mark Williams. You know, I think, I believe he played well against Michigan, but I can't honestly remember. You know, so he has these games where he can play well against good centers. So we'll see if he can. He's got to stay. They have to stay out of foul trouble early. This whole, I mean, Cedric Russell and Jamari Wheeler both picked up two fouls in six minutes against Indiana. That can't happen. I, you just, you cannot defend, especially the way Jamari Wheeler defends. He can't defend at his fullest at that point. And it's just, it takes the entire, you can kind of just take the game plan and throw out the window at that point. Gene Brown will be an interesting one too, because like you said, Illinois is very, they're very guard heavy. When you look at their like stats, I mean, they have Kofi's leading score. He's a, he's a forward and they have, well, he's a center technically. Um, Coleman Hawkins is a forward. He, he plays about 16 minutes a game. Pretty much the rest of their roster is guards. Omar Payne is their backup center. He transferred from Florida. He plays eight minutes a game. There's only like two guys on this roster that can size up with with Gene Brown, who had yeah. probably his most impactful college game, I would say, against um, Indiana the other night. He had three steals, two bl- a crazy block, 10 points. So we'll see if he can build on that because there aren't going to be a lot of guys on Illinois' team that can really size him up. So if he gets a, you know, a ball in the perimeter where he hits the shot fake and gets guys to bite and drives to the basket, there's not going to be a lot of guys that will probably want to go at the rack and try to, you know, take him one-on-one. So that'll be interesting. I think if you're an Ohio state fan, just know that Illinois is a really, really, really fun team to watch play. They're one of the most fun teams to watch on TV. Ohio state's going to have their backs up against the wall. It's going to be a tough game and just enjoy it. Don't treat it like it's a must win. Don't well, treat it like it's, it's, a, it's a do or die game because it's a game they're gonna they're not gonna be expected to win. But it's two ga- two teams that are really fun to watch. It'll be a great game to watch. Yeah, a must win is like the games after Illinois, like Maryland, and at, like at home against Nebraska is a must win because if you lose it, it's it's a it's a killer because it's like we got that's the team we have to beat. At Illinois, is just simply it's not a must win. You're not on the bubble like Ohio, according to some people, you are. Anybody with an actual brain realizes you're not on the bubble or even near it you're fine right now most the farthest i've seen them fall is a six seed i've still seen them as high as a four seed like they're in the four to six range that's not the bubble for god's sakes um so you're fine just but but you do want to get up you don't want to go in there and just get your ass whooped you know go in there get your barometer see where you are you know like i said try to figure out somebody to be this third score i'm interested I, Holtman said somebody was sick against Indiana. I've seen a lot of people saying it was EJ Liddell. I'd be, he didn't say who it was. This is all purely speculation. I have a feeling it was Cedric Russell. 
because late in that game against Indiana, Justin Arns was in. Like, I mean, like literally the last possession, Justin Arns was in. And it just doesn't feel like that's a Justin Arns place to be in right now, you know, only playing eight minutes a game. So I would say that's normally throughout the really season, honestly, I mean, against Duke, uh, against Michigan, against, uh, you know, Rutgers. That was where Cedric Russell was in the game. So I'd be curious to see if he was sick or not. But like I said, that's purely speculation. But it was interesting to see at the end of the game when they're down by four with a minute left, like Arns was in the game. And it was like, okay. Uh, EJ Liddell was at the press conference. He didn't seem sick. Um, and if he was sick, I can't imagine that Holton would have been like, you know, would have sent him out to do the uh, press conference. I don't think it was EJ, but I, I could be wrong. Could have just been a flu game. He, he also played, played He played 42 minutes out of 45. So if he was sick, God yeah. love him. Yeah. Um, one final thought, which somebody brought up to me on Twitter. It's this, this guy that he, uh, I don't know if he listens or not, but he definitely responds to us on Twitter. And very obviously he's in tune with Ohio state basketball. His, he, his Twitter is just like, he goes by Jimmy Chitwood on Twitter. And his picture is a picture of Jimmy Chitwood from the movie Hoosiers. He made a comment that was kind of interesting. It's, um, he said last season when Ohio State played four games in four days in the Big Ten tournament and then went right into the NCAA tournament, a little bit beat up, a little bit tired. They were already dealing with injuries before the Big Ten tournament started. Then um, they lost Kyle Young for good in the Big Ten tournament. Justice Suing played through injuries. Um, basically, what he said is, you know, you have Eugene Brown coming on. You have Malachi Brandon playing really well. Um, potentially, Justice Suing coming back. Um, would it make sense to maybe pull back the minutes for Liddell and Branham in the Big Ten tournament and let Suing take some of those minutes. Um, and if it means you bow out, like, in the semifinals, so be it. It means you have an extra day to recover before the NCAA tournament. Um, but then you'll also have the other fans that will say the opposite, which is why are you taking out your best players? You should be playing these guys 40 minutes a game to win these games. Um, and I just think it's an interesting thought because I think that winning the NCAA tournament is clear, is obviously the priority. Yeah, I think there's a happy medium to find there. Like, do you completely rest them and sit them? No, that's that's insane. Mainly just because you need them to to be still kind of in motion going into the NCAA tournament. But do I want Malachi Branham playing 36 minutes a game? I think more no. of what he meant was like instead of Liddell and Branham both playing 35 to 40 minutes the whole Big Ten tournament, maybe they play like closer to 30 minutes a piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that's what I mean of like the happy – because when you say like rest, I think some people would jump to just completely sitting them, uh, especially because people's minds jump to football and guys sit opting out, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, no, you don't do that. But, yeah, I completely agree if if you're saying Malachi Branham and – because when I tweeted this after – who they just lose to? Iowa. Everyone was like, oh, my God, why is Holtman pulling Branham? Why is Holtman pulling Branham? He's hot. He's hot. He's hot the whole game. You're not going to find a play. He, he's shooting the ball at a different clip right now than normal people. He's hot the whole game. He played 35 minutes against Iowa. That's that's a lot of minutes for these guys, especially a freshman. It, the fact that they had all this energy at overtime was very impressive to me um, against Indiana because they out-hustled Indiana in overtime, and Indiana hadn't played since last Saturday. So, you know, credit to Ohio State or Indiana played in like a week. So credit to Ohio State for having that much energy. And, you know, you don't want Malachi Branham play Like I said, against Indiana, EJ played 42 minutes and Malachi played 40. This is just a lot of minutes heading into the tournament, conference tournament, the NCAA tournament. And that's why this, this double buy is so huge. And that's why, you know, and I said, Holman's comments about Justice Suing to me today were very interesting. And I know you said that he seemed 
still fairly unoptimistic about Justice suing, but the fact that they he even said the fact that he said we're not putting him out there till he's 100%, but he also has not ruled out Justice suing coming back implies to me that Justice suing is close to 100%. That, that That's they what think I took that, from that that they he's think close. that he could get to 100% relatively in soon. the next 2 weeks, in the next 2 weeks. Because that's what that would be, right? If he doesn't come back for the Big right. 10 tournament, he's not coming back for the NCAA. He'd be back for the Big 10 at this point. Ohio State fans, if you want Justice suing back, expect him back for the Big 10 tournament or not at all. That's where you can pretty much draw the line in the sand. He's not coming back in the regular season. Um, and with what Justice suing brings to you, that's fine. If he comes in for the Big Ten tournament, plays 15, 20 minutes a game, gets one or two, maybe hopefully three games under his belt for the NCAA tournament, that's perfect because he's a defender. He's a guy that can space the ball out. He's a guy that can shoot the ball. He can do everything for you. I think people are, especially because I tweeted Justice Ewing was the second best player on this team and people kind of lost their minds. That's recency bias right now with Malachi Branham. Justice Ewing is the second best player on this team. Is Brandon the second best player probably right now? If Suing will come back, yes. But coming into the season and just with skill sets, Justice Suing is a very, very, very good player um, who can guard a lot of – and that's the thing. They're missing that guy that can kind of guard everybody. And just that guy – remember when C.J. Walker and Jimmy Soto's both got hurt, Justice Suing was playing the point position. Like he's just – he can kind of do a little bit of everything. If you can get him back for just 15 to 20 minutes, and that would – I mean that would take minutes away from Liddell and Branham, but that's okay because you're not putting in – you know, like a like somebody that doesn't have production, just assuming he's a great player, and you're also helping Liddell, Branham. That's why I think I do want to see Jimmy Soto's inserted back in this lineup. I don't think he's a liability at all on this team. And I think that he can if he just plays ten minutes a game, you know, you're you're helping Liddell and Branham and these guys just get a little more rest. Cause at this point, Liddell and Branham's only rest are this little sneak rest they get before the media timeouts. Was just going like, to say that. Basically, that that's was, like that's basically all they're getting. I mean, this is LeBron James in the in the seventeen finals. You know, it's like they're playing almost every minute, every game, and it's just like that's just not sustainable right now. You don't want it to be sustainable. You don't want those guys playing forty minutes a game. That was going to be like kind of my work. Work we've cleared forty, almost at forty five minutes. So that was going to be my closing thing. Is <clears throat> excuse me, was I didn't notice this until this season that that's what Holtman does pretty much with with those two guys is pretty much every game fans gripe about because fans I think they they see Liddell and Branham walking off the court together at the same time and they're like Holtman's a clown why would he put his two best players on the bench together what he does almost at like not even every single media timeout but a couple times a game if there's like a dead ball at like 12 minutes and 25 seconds he'll pull EJ and he'll pull Malachi or one or the other and knowing that once we get to 12 the next dead ball is timeout so those guys will get like 40 seconds of of rest and then they'll get the minute excuse me the minute for the timeout and then they're back in the game so I guess fans if they want to have a gripe it's that that Holtman pulls them at the same time but it's usually for like a max of like a minute and a half two minutes like that's the only time that he sits those guys. You know, he doesn't sit them for foul trouble because they don't really get in foul trouble. No, yeah, I mean, people would have a complaint if Malachi Branham against Iowa played twenty five minutes. You're like, why are you pulling him? He played thirty five minutes. I mean, you you're truly saying at this point, if you're mad about Holman pulling him out, that you want him to play forty minutes, and that's just not this team's not going to sustain like that. You know, they have five games in thirteen days, then they have possibly three or four games in a row. And then a five day rest, and then they'll have you know the NCAA tournament. So 
they need to get some rest. They need to get some legs underneath them. Um, I'll end it there. I will just say one more thing. Right now, this game will be over when you're listening to this, but Keegan Murray is doing that thing again that he does because he has 15 of Iowa's first 20, and Iowa's up 20 to 10. He is ridiculous right now. That's a bad, bad man. That is a bad bad man right now. All right, that'll do it for us this week. We'll be back next week after hopefully victories over Illinois, Maryland, and Nebraska. If you found us on the website, thank you, thank you very much. We appreciate that. But you can also subscribe on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you get your music so that when episodes drop, you're notified. You can find us under the Land Grant Holy Land feed. Yeah, and you can obviously find us on Twitter at BucketheadsLGHL. Um, I did a quick little instant recap after the game yesterday. We might switch that into a Spaces and get other people involved. If we do that, it'll probably be on the Land Grant official account, which is Land Grant 33. Um, but we'll let people know. You can find me at Justin underscore Golba. And Connor, where are you? Um, if we do Twitter spaces, you'll have to explain to me how that works. Is it just like a, a Microsoft Teams meeting with like no face cam, basically? No camera? Just audio talking? Yeah, I go on to other people's spaces after games because it's really funny. But normally you just like, you start it and then people join and there was like a queue and you turn people like basically you turn them on which is their turns their mic on and they speak and then like you you talk like with the host which would be like one of us or something and then you have like a queue of people that waiting to speak okay yeah i gotta catch up to what the kids are doing these days last week i learned what push and pee means and now i'm learning what twitter spaces is um you can find me on twitter at lamons underscore connor l-e-m-o-n-s underscore connor um Thanks for listening, you guys. And this one kind of drug out a little longer than we intended to. But thanks for listening. Have a great weekend and go Bucks.